you know, when you think about it, a saddle's just a dead cow. And a buckle's just a piece of metal somebody shaped up. They're fun. They're pretty. Um, but I want these girls to have things like resiliency, work ethic, um, kindness. Um, those, those are the things that I want them to take away from this. Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie-down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. You guys, I could not be more excited for today's episode because it is our first official goat tying breakdown here on the Breakaway Breakdown podcast. And who better to start things off than the one and only mastermind behind next level goat tying, Stacy Martin. Now, Stacy has arguably one of the most successful goat tying programs ever created. She has helped pushed the sport into the 21st century, and she has transformed countless athletes into champions. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't heard of Stacy, you have heard of some of the A-listers that she has coached. We're talking high school national champions, college national champions, you name it. But before she dedicated her life to coaching, Stacy actually spent two decades as a chemistry and physics teacher. So she was in the classroom learning all these practices, learning about science, and you're going to see how her background in physics actually gets applied to her goat tying program. You're not only going to get to know how Stacy coaches on this episode, you're going to get to know her on a personal level. We're going to go through her background as an athlete, how she got into coaching. She's going to take us behind the scenes of her coaching program, revealing how she helps athletes overcome mental obstacles and achieve top performance. She trains for physical fitness. She helps shape her athletes into exceptional individuals by teaching them life skills that will help them outside of the arena. And she is going to share some of her secrets to how she has had this level of success. Miss Stacy is also the women's coach down at Panola College. So she's going to talk a little bit about her coaching and her college program down there. And you are in for a real treat because she is going to delve into the evolution of goat tying through the decades. Have you guys been wondering how we're seeing these insanely fast five-second runs at places like Casper, Wyoming and others? Stacy's going to let you in on how those runs are happening because it's not just the girls learning to tie faster. She's also going to let us know how they find and train great goat tying horses, what they're looking for, and how they get those crazy creatures down the alleyway to run in a straight line while they catapult off the side. And... Just when you think we're done, no, 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 no. Stacy leaves us with some serious life advice that I think will hit you guys pretty deep. She talks about the passing of one of her, one of the young women in the goat tying community that just made an impact on so many people. And she explains what it means to live like Laramie. So sit down enjoy. This is a little bit longer episode, but I am telling you guys, it is worth hanging on until the very last word. If you're not a goat tying fan, doesn't matter. Come on in. You're going to have a great time. I have never successfully completed a goat tying run. You're going to hear about my attempts at trying goat tying, but I learned so much from this episode, just like I learn every time I speak to Stacy. 
Also, this episode is brought to you by Equinity. I'm going to explain to you guys at the commercial break how you can give your horse the Equinity Edge. Without further ado, let's jump in. All right, Miss Stacy, I am so excited. I've wanted to have you on for a while, obviously. And although I am not a goat tire, I have love for the goat tying community. So um, super excited about this episode. And I just want to kick things off by getting into your background a little bit and kind of letting people get to know you. Awesome. Well, we are very excited to um, become part of the BreakawayRoping.com family and be able to um, get this information to kids that maybe wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity um, to come to a clinic. Uh, so this is this is fantastic. So um, we are so excited uh, to kind of get things kicked off. We've been We've, we, what we filmed in September and it was that random hundred degree day. So don't be judging how hot we all look in those videos. Cause it was a miserable day, um, that day, but don't, don't, don't judge that. Just go with the content. I have always loved tying goats because, um, my family didn't have a, a lot of money for barrel horses and things like that. I still loved running barrels and poles and roping, did all those events growing up. But goat tying was always kind of my uh, true love. Went to nationals my junior year for Louisiana um, and then come back my senior year and tore my ACL. And that was in 1996. So that was pretty much almost like a um, career ending injury for a goat tire. Then I didn't know anyone that had torn their ACL. Um, it, it was, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all of the things that these guys have. So um, I had my surgery. I uh, had a scholarship, was supposed to go to Tarleton, um, lost my scholarship and stayed home at Northwestern State in Natchitoches. And um, so spent a year kind of rehabbing and you know, I thought when that happened, that was the worst thing in the world could happen to me. I was a probably pretty miserable person to be around for quite a while. Um, and looking back, that is what put me here. Because that year that I spent uh, rehabbing, I knew what I was doing then was not going to be competitive like I wanted it to be. Um, I knew the horse that I had was not going to allow me to be competitive um, because she was the old school kind, the stopping kind, right? So I bought another horse and trained her in that off time. And I just really um, kind of changed and developed what we're doing now. Um, I had a tape of the CNFR. I don't even know what, there's like five or six runs from the CNFR. And I watched that VHS tape. These kids might not even remember the VHS tape, but I had... Um, the old video camera, you know, that we've traveled with in the suitcase. Um, I had that and I had that VHS tape and I'd video what I was doing. And then I would go back and watch that VHS tape. So I pulled some things from girls, um, that I liked and, um, just spent that year, you know, really working to develop that. And I, um, went to the little witches finals. Once I got released, I was able to get qualified for that. And, um, I missed winning the little witches finals that year by five hundredths of a second. So that made me realize how important time was. And I, uh, really worked hard on getting out every possible 
hundredth of a second out of our runs because I, I know how important it is. So um, go to college, um, have a really good first year and uh, have a barrel horse follow me my sophomore year. And I, the doctor said like, you'd have been better off to break your ankle because it just stretched everything in my ankle. And I was supposed to be off for eight months is what he told me. And I said, well, I have a rodeo on Thursday. So, (laughs) um, I just lived in the training room and just really tried to finish out the year. And it was, it was dumb. Uh, looking back now, I should have done what the doctor said. Um, but I didn't um, come back that next year and I think I'm healthy and we didn't have the drag rule in college. So uh, when we went to the first college rodeo, which was Sam Houston, and if you've ever been to that Huntsville arena there, the old one outdoors at the fairgrounds, that is the deepest sand you will ever ride in. Probably other barrel racers know it's faster if it's got three inches of rain on it. And so no drag rules. So they ran 60 tie down ropers, 60 breakaway ropers, bulldoggers, team ropers, never drug, and then stuck a goat at the end of the arena. And I go hauling down there and step off and tear my ankle up again. So there goes my third year of college rodeo. And I, again, should have just waved the white flag at least for the first semester and let I recover, I didn't. And, you know, it's super hard to compete when you know you have that kind of injury. It's hard to practice. Um, and then my senior year, I'm bound and determined and did really well, had a great year. Back then they took two and now they take three. Um, I ended up third by not even an entire placing, like one place higher through the year gets me to the college finals. Um, I won the reserve all around and normally you're all around reserve all around, go to the college finals. Well, that was the year they changed the rule. And for that one year, (laughs) the, the all around reserve all around did not get a trip to the college finals. So, um, I ended up going in the breakaway, um, which, uh, is not my star event. And uh, so I went to the college finals and breakaway that year um, and, and not the goats missed it um, by the narrowest of margins, but it really made me appreciative. Looking back now, when you see how everything falls out, um, you just know like there is a plan. 100% there is a plan. And um, I, have learned so much about that through my, my process. So when just like at the last few region rodeos and these girls are, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. They don't make the college finals. And I'm just like, you know what, you may be being called for something else. And um, so that's kind of my competitive story. There was no place for us to compete after college Um, there weren't any open goat tyings or anything like there is now. So I had to sell my horse and did some, uh, went to the amateurs, breakaway roping, running barrels, train barrel and pole horses for years. Um, and it was kind of a fluke that I started goat tying clinics because I was very poor in college, like did not have a truck, did not have a trailer, 
had to pay my own way and everything. My parents supported me through high school rodeo. And then they were just like, you know what? We support you like good job. Wish you the best of luck. But if you want to college rodeo or do anything with horse after high school, it's on your dime. And so in college, I was forced to make money and I had, uh, I was carrying a biology major. Um, so not a lot of time. I had to spend quite a bit of time studying and doing lessons kind of worked into my schedule. So I started out doing some lessons and then had some girls that were in high school coming and practicing and tying. Um, then we started doing, you know, little clinics and it kind of just took off. There was a need for that. And, um, it, we didn't start really going kind of all over the country till, uh, mid like 2000, probably 2010 or so. Um, we started really kind of branching out and, and going throughout the country. So, um, it's, it's, was very organic how it happened. It happened because I was tired of eating macaroni and cheese every meal. <laughs> I needed entry fee money is how it happened. Um, but like I said, uh, I, it's hard to college rodeo and look around you and see hundred thousand dollar rigs and hundred thousand dollar horses. And I was riding a $2,500 horse that I bought with my own graduation money. Um, and, uh, you know, in the end, that's what put me where I am. So it, 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 I have to thank my parents for making me have that kind of responsibility, um, and not handing it to me, or I would have never appreciated the things that I do now. So, um, but everybody's got kind of their own journey. And when these girls are upset about what they don't have, I'm like, girl, you are so rich compared to what I was in college. Like I had a Honda Accord. That was it. Like, <laughs> so anyway, um, but that is how clinics started. And um, we stayed close to home for a while. Then uh, Mia came along and um, she was phenomenal and, and fun to watch. And people started kind of wanting to know what we were doing and, that's kind of how we ended up branching out and getting all over the country. So I taught, I was a classroom teacher for 20 years. I taught chemistry and physics. Um, and when Hurricane Laura came along and wiped us out, we lived in Lake Charles, it wiped us out. So we were looking for somewhere else to go. We were tired of evacuating for hurricanes and I just couldn't bear the thought of rebuilding and losing it all again. So we moved to some of my husband's family property in Center, Texas, um, and I called Coach Jeff Collins, who's the head coach at Panola and a friend of mine, and I asked him, I said, Coach, do you have an assistant position? And if you do, I would like to apply for it. And he was, he's like, uh, we don't, but we are about to. And he kind of made a position there for me for the women's coach. So that's how I ended up at Panola. Um, and, uh, my husband and son go to, uh, there at Logansport, just across the line, still there in Louisiana. And, uh, he's, my husband's a coach. Uh, I'm a coach. So, um, our kids don't really, <laughs> they don't really, uh, have, um, that laid back attitude. They're, they're, they're competitors. Um, and Murphy is a competitor now from three years old, just 
kind of has that uh, go get them attitude. So it'll be interesting to see what she chooses uh, to compete in. No, I think that's so interesting. And like, it's so cool to see, you know, because I know you as just this woman who built up this incredible coaching program, you know, you have your family, you're coaching now, coaching outside of Panola with Next Level Goat Tying. Um, And it's so interesting to hear the things along the way that led to that, because even if you didn't have the most incredible career because of injuries as a competitor, for me, it's really exciting to see somebody who came back and found their place in the industry making champions for years to come. So I think there's definitely something to be said for that. But And for anybody who was asking at the beginning, the videos we were referencing are the um, BreakawayRoping.com videos. We just rolled out a series with Miss Stacy. Um, we covered just a lot of the 101 basics. Um, I got a crash course in goat tying that day. Our videographer was on the goat saver. Um, her girls definitely work harder than most um, most teenagers, most college students that I've ever met. Um, but Miss Stacy, something that I find really interesting about goat tying that I wanted to talk about today, and I think that people don't realize this, is these girls are have so much riding on their junior high, high school, and collegiate careers, where other events, you know, they have other avenues. Um, they have so many things going on with open events or youth events across the country, all these opportunities, where goat tires kind of have one path. I feel like. And I don't know if that's why they're, you know, they have the reputation of being so intense at the high school level, so intense at the collegiate level. Your girls train like flipping pro athletes. It's incredible. But can you just talk a little bit about that, about how concentrated and how serious these girls' careers get from such a young age, where some other events, they don't have that much pressure on the younger ages? Absolutely. So you're right. Like we have the shortest careers in rodeo. You know, by the time you're a 21 year old go tire, um, you're old. Like your body has um, had some serious damage if you have been have been working at it hard. Um, and there are very, very few open goat times for these girls to go to. So they are intense. And, you know, I think it comes with that this sport is so physical and if you want to be good at it and you love it, you have to put so much work into it to be good. I'm talking about, like you said, these girls train and I'm talking about, um, for example, Kristen Reeves, she set the record last year at the CNFR. She's worked harder this year than she did the year before trying to set the. I mean, it's every single day and, so there is this, this love and they are intense. Um, I, I think that that gets misconstrued sometimes in youth rodeo where I feel like sometimes we're the redheaded stepchildren, um, in, and most of these associations are kind of run by men. And I think sometimes they, they believe they have the best interest at heart, but, um, you know, we're, reaching out, trying to ask them for, for things that would make our sport better. And, um, I think that they get this, you know, goat tying moms have this, uh, reputation, but on the flip side of that, like we'd only get a couple of shots, like this is it, like the CNFR is our 
NFR. And thankfully, College Rodeo takes the goat tying very seriously. And 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 I love that about College Rodeo. Like they have an appreciation for these girls and they want to do it right. And I love that about that level of rodeo. Um, but you have to have such a commitment and it's, it's heartbreaking because as soon as you kind of get good at it, it feels like it's over. Right. You know, um, and this, that's this time of year, it's just sad to see all of these girls. And I've been so fortunate to watch them grow up through junior high and high school and it's it, they're hanging up their boots and maybe they made the college finals and check that goal off their list. And maybe they didn't make the college finals, but, um, for those of you that didn't knock out that last goal, there is a reason, right? Like I promise you, you may not see it for five or 10 years, but you learn something from that experience and you, we wouldn't change it. Like we go out and practice because we absolutely love it, right? Win or lose, we love the process. And, um, I, I think that's, that's the thing about these girls, why they get this intense reputation, um, is just the love of the sport. And there are people, um, you know, Russ Mannion started tie for the crown and that is probably, I, it's not probably, it's definitely one of the largest goat tyings, uh, in the country. I think, uh, Kristen won that this year. I think she won almost, I don't know, 10,000 that week. And then we just finished Lariat's goat tying, which is probably the second largest. And um, I think Kristen won that one as well. I want to say she won a little bit over 5,000 and some really cool awards, you know. So there are some options starting to open up. But, um, you know, you're looking at if you do junior high and high school, what, seven years, college four more. I mean, that's it. It's all you get. So um, I hope that. Um, there are some more opportunities to open up for these college age girls, like open goat tines that are not just the 19 and under, um, to let them showcase their abilities. So it's fun to watch. You ask anybody what their favorite event, the college finals is, and they're going to tell you the goat tying. I had a bullfighter one time tell me when he worked the CNFR, he wouldn't go get dressed until after the goat tying because it was his favorite event to watch at the college finals. So yeah, they're, they're intense, but come on, you have to be to step off a horse running 30 miles an hour. Oh yeah. And the athleticism is insane. So let's say it's a normal training day for the girls on your team or girls that you work with. What does a normal schedule look like for them? How many hours are they working out? How many hours are they tying, practicing, working on their horses, things like that? So a lot of our girls are in a uh, program with Carly Green that is very specific to what they're doing in the goat tying. And so that is online and it can um, uh, be accessed to them any time of the day. So um, with Carly's workout programs or if they're in the gym, like at Panola, we're doing more like speed training as opposed to like weightlifting um, because we don't have to be that strong, right? Like our goat's 40 pounds. It's not about that. Um, we need fast feet and that's kind of what we're working on. So we'll, uh, we'll warm up. We'll let the girls go slow, go through their drills, make sure everything's right. We will get out stopwatch. We will put some pressure on them, let them make some fast runs, put them through um, different situations, which we kind of talk about those drills and situations in the videos on the breakawayopen.com. Um, and I, if we're going to do horse work, I'm not going to have them 
at that level of exhaustion. So I think that's a common misconception that it's just, you know, you work until you drop. And I I want them very sharp still on their horses. I don't want to take a chance of injury. So I'm going to let them look good, feel good on the ground, be like ready to get on their horses. So, I mean, if, if we've got, I don't know, five or six girls there, we're probably not going to spend more than an hour on the ground. Um, And that's between slow work, fast work, maybe some matches just to practice being competitive. And then we're going to get on horses and we're not going to make more than about three or four runs on the horses. Um, But they're going to be timed because we need data. Like if you have data, if you can measure it, you can change it. So I'm huge on data. Um, I want to know how long it's taking for you to get from the timer to the stake. I want to know how long it's taking you to flank and tie. I want to know how long it's taking you just to tie. So we, we collect a lot of data. We want to measure progress. Um, so like I said, our practices are not that long, but they are focused and intense um, because I don't want them stepping off the horse tired. I, I just think that creates more problems. And um, I want every run to count. If you know you only get three runs. You make those three runs count. Or um, I was at a clinic in Ohio this weekend. We talked about how many runs do you get at a rodeo? And they were like one. I said, well, then you need to set some practices up where you get one run, like just like your rodeo. And that's it. Like your practice, you warm up just like you're at your rodeo and you get one run. So we'll, you know, we'll shake practice up a little bit sometimes like that, or maybe, you know, um, have some time matches on the ground for five bucks little things because you have to practice competing just like you practice your tie. Like the, the, the mental part of that is huge. And that can be, I mean, that can apply to any event. I actually love that philosophy. You know, I've heard girls talk about, I'm going to make a rodeo run. I'm going to make a rodeo run. But what if you just ran one calf? Like that could change the way breakaway ropers practice. So I believe that routines um, are so important. And, you know, Donine's been a guest in our program and I think Donine nails it. I mean, I could still go through like my routine, like when did I want to be saddled by? How much did I warm my horse up? When was I doing my warm ups on the ground? What was I doing to warm up on the ground? Like, did I take a live goat? Did I use a goatee dummy? Like, what did I do? And I think that you should have those practices where you go through your routine, you time it. Like how much time do you need to really feel warmed up? How much time does your horse need to be trotted and loped to work the absolute best? And that's things you kind of have to play with. And I think people just do that at the rodeos and that's some expensive experiments because entry fees aren't cheap, right? So I think if you did more of that at home, then you are more prepared for the rodeo and that ties directly into your confidence because um, if you feel prepared, you are going to be more confident. And I know one of the, the things that you've been trying to combat for years and goat tying, and we're just new to the game. We're getting into it now. A um, couple steps behind is the access that these girls have to this information that you're giving me right now, because this is like, I I learn from you every time I talk to you. And I think that's super, it's super fun. One of the reasons I love talking to you. Um, But we've talked about this before that girls, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, girls from Pennsylvania. I never got into goat tying because I just didn't know who to learn from. I didn't know how to do it. And it's a very 
scary event to try to learn without guidance. I the two, the times I did try to learn, I got myself hurt. Um, so <laughs> let's talk are about those videos with, still available. Do we do we have busy? I actually think they are. <laughs> I was trying to learn how to dismount on my old breakaway horse, and I just face planted in the arena every single time. And I went and borrowed a, like this poor old goat from one of my neighbors and was tying him in the barn. No clue what I was doing. Um, so obviously one of the things we work on at the Breakaway Roping Journal also is trying to bridge that knowledge gap. So talk about some of these girls that you've met. I know you guys have, I mean, you've gone to Hawaii. You've got girls in your program from Alaska. What are the things that you see when you go to these places for these kids that have no access to information? So I have a heart, a real heart for those kids because no one around me really tied goats. I spent a lot of time doing it by myself and some moms are going to feel this, but we had a VHS tape of Betty Gail Cooper tying goats that were the size of calves. And that's all we had. Like that was the access to goat tying knowledge right there. Um, And we couldn't even buy one. We had to rent ours from the feed store when no one else had it. Right. So um, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing for me. It's something that I think that um, God has put on my heart. Like we do a lot of stuff. We do free clinics at the national little Bridges finals, you know, um, just to help build the sport and make this access. But I think, really believe that if you want to be successful in a rodeo event and you have a dream of getting a college education and maybe you don't have the money for it, but you've got an, a work ethic that you can do that in the goat tying because you don't need a hundred thousand dollar horse. Um, you need a goat and you need, a. Let's face it, goat time horses are not super broke. Like <laughs> we'll call it a medium broke horse and um, you can be successful. And so that's what like when I went to Hawaii, you know, I was in Ohio this last weekend and um, I told those girls like you can be national champions like you can do this in this event. You 100% can go to the mainland. You can lease a horse. We'll help you find one. And you take care of the groundwork and do your homework at home. Like you have a shot here. Um, you have a shot at a college scholarship. Coaches call me all the time, all over the country, looking for girls. Um, and if they're mid seven second goat tires, you know, you can get some or all of your school paid for. And to be honest, that's one of the things I'm most proud about in the program is that we've got girls that are chemical engineers, teachers, attorneys, physical therapists, like everything you can imagine. And most of them didn't pay a penny for school because they tied goats. Um, and so that's the real thing for me, right? National championships are cool, but education is so much more important. Um, but yeah, this, like when I saw what you guys were doing with breakwayroping.com, I was like, man, this changes the game for the kid that is in a hundred miles away from anyone that can help them. And, you know, um, Joe B got in trouble quite a few years ago because he made a comment and I know Joe B and I love Joe B and I'm going to go there, but I feel like I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joe, Joe B was right. And, and, and not in the way that you think Joe B was talking, he was telling a Texas team, basically like you have no excuses to not be successful because you have access to things that kids in the rest of the country don't have. I mean, here 
you can turn the corner and find an NFR qualifier, right? Like, I don't think any of us in the state of Texas are more than two hours from somebody that can help us. And kids all over the country don't have that. Um, and people, people were upset with Joe B, but I think that if you know, Joe, like you, you, I understood exactly where he was coming from because, and I agreed with him that, yeah, the kids in South Carolina, cause I've been to South Carolina, they don't have the access, but you know what, with the, with these programs now you do. And, and for what, uh, $30 a month, holy crap. If you go somewhere for one lesson, in the breakaway or whatever, it's probably going to cost you hundred, 200, whatever dollars, you know, and you've got access to literally the best in the business. So this is just to me, game changer. You're going to see kids, I think now coming from East of the Mississippi and winning um, championships more than you did before because of access like this. So we have our online coaching and mentorship program. And I love it. I felt that when I left a clinic, I wouldn't see these kids for a year or two or six months. And we just started over again. Like there has to be a better way. And so we started the online coaching program. So we keep these kids in there. Like I get to know them. I get to know their horses. I get to know their setups. Right. And so I, it's, it's, it's so easy and, and I can critique their videos. We have online guests that help them with everything from, I'll have college coaches in there. I I've had um, Donine in there, you know, everything in the world to help them. And you're right. There's girls from the tip of Florida to Alaska, Hawaii, all over the country. And it's so much fun to see their progress. Like amazing. Love it. Um, and, and when I get them at a clinic, we're so far ahead, like we're ready to roll. Um, so the internet, I think, um, has changed the game from my generation to this generation because the information is there. If you want it, there are no more excuses, like no more excuses. It's not unaffordable. You know, everybody's got internet and it's what you choose to do with it. Are you watching TikTok videos? Are you watching Netflix? Or are you studying, working, getting better? So um, I, I'm I'm so excited to see what this does for these girls that are really trying and really want it. And something that you mentioned that I want to go back to because I, I think people miss out is that in the women's events, we don't have rough stock that anybody can go buy a bull rope and just get involved in rodeo. It really is hard. Everybody talks about it being a money game in the girls' events because barrel racing is so competitive. You've got to have the right horse. Mm -hmm. Breakaway roping used to be kind of amateur-friendly where you could go get on the old grade horse from down the street and, you know, throw out a little bit of rope. And, you know, maybe it didn't even have to be belt collar. But now it's so intense that if you're not coming out of high school and you can't throw – a loop in the one second range, it's hard to get anywhere and it's a lot of money to get in. But mm-hmm. like you mentioned with goat tying, it really, we, we talk about growing the sport all the time. How do we grow rodeo? This is a way that girls can get into rodeo and actually afford it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we talk about goats being expensive, but I still, you know, hundred and the most I think I've had to pay for a goat's like 180 bucks. Um, the hard part is keeping it alive, but <laughs> 
<laughs> if you've had goats, you know that, right? And if we you do don't have access to, right? <laughs> exactly. If you if you don't have access to a goat, there are several dummy options. We prefer the goaty dummies because they stand up and you can do all the drills and everything with them. But um, there are several options out there to fit whatever program you're in. Um, you have horse savers. Um, we have the Cadillac horse savers, and those are around twenty five hundred dollars. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's affordable compared to, um, everything else. You know, I was at a, um, I was at a party for my son's kind of football team and I went inside to get some ice and some moms were discussing about how cheerleading was going to be $250 this year. And it was ridiculous. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like, let me out of here because I'm about to start breaking down like $250. Like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, yeah, this um, is extremely affordable. And, and, you know, all of this is what you make it right. You can go down the road like right now. I have a bump and pull trailer and a three quarter ton truck. You know, you can make it as expensive as you want to, but man, for, for goat time, and there's not a goat time to enter every single weekend. Right. So, <laughs> so it's go not like seven a week. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah, true. Every day of the week where you're at, but, um, yeah, it is, it is definitely the affordable option for these kids and parents. Um, and being that kid that, you know, grew up that way. Um, I, man, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, even clinics, our clinics this year are $450. You know, that's less than your entry fees that you pay on a typical weekend, right? Like it is an affordable option for kids that want to be competitive in rodeo and it's fun and it's cool. Um, and your kid will learn how to handle success and failure. They will learn how to work hard and, um, it's, it's just to me the best event to really prepare your kids for adulthood. Just how I see it. And I've done them all. Like, it's not like I just grew up tying goats. Like, like I said, I've been the amateur finals, college finals, everything in the breakaway train, really nice barrel horses, went to finals, like all of those things. And I just know that my best life lessons came from this event. Today's episode is brought to you by Equinity. Equinity Horse XL is a 100% pure amino acid supplement that can help your horse perform better from the cellular level. There is no fillers added, no sugars, no starches, no soy, nothing except 100% pure amino acids. What this does for your horse is it can help them from the cellular level perform better. We're talking quicker muscle recovery and stronger collagen for a healthier coat and bones. It can help increase focus help regulate the gut, so many different things. And you can actually use it in combination with Equinity Ultimate OEC. That's a liquid supplement that has a flaxseed-based omega-3 oil, natural vitamin E, colloidal silver, and other ingredients that are there specifically to help your horse from the cellular level. It helps support cardiovascular health, joint health, healthier skin and coat, gastric health, and can help increase immune function. We are so grateful for Equinity for bringing us this episode today. And if you want more information about their products, you've got to check out teamequinity.com. That's teamequinity.com to check out Equinity Horse XL and Equinity Ultimate OEC.
Yeah, and I love it's it's really one of those events where if you outwork everybody, you're going to have success. And like you said, that just sets those girls up so well for life. And with you guys not having the pro path to go, you have to set them up well for life because they can't be burnouts who just tie goats really well. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's no hope of that. Like they, they know like, Hey, I got to get my education because I'm not going to make my living uh, tying goats. So yeah, it's, it's important, um, you know, that, they learn that very early on. And, 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 you know, we talk about growing the sport and, and man, I want there to be more stuff for older girls, but the truth is, I mean, no 25 year old wants to step off a horse. Um, that's, you don't want to step off anymore, Miss Stacy. Oh no, no. (laughs) I got kicked in the knee several years ago and basically tour everything that I had left. So I am going to just hobble through until I'm old enough for a replacement. And, uh, then, uh, then maybe I'll try that replacement out when it, when uh, (laughs) I think I can handle it, but we'll see. Um, no, I mean, our, our bodies are just different. So, um, that's a different thing. Boys are still growing into their early twenties, um, and mid twenties. Like I've had kids that I taught when they were juniors and seniors in high school and I see them in three years and I don't recognize them. You know, they've grown eight inches and put on a hundred pounds. Um, but for girls, most of my girls, they peak in like eighth grade freshman year max. And then by the time they start turning, you know, 20, they're starting to get the bodies of, of real women, you know, and, and that's, you have to work a go tire at 21 is working much harder to stay at her prime than a one that's 18 or 16. Um, and a lot of girls, it's just hard. You're in your, your last few years of college, which are your hardest. You probably have a relationship. You probably have a job. It's much harder on your body. And so, you know, those prime years are those early years of college, I think. Um, and the girls you see that are competing well as seniors in college are putting quite a bit of work into it. So, um, yeah, it's not like it ever gets easier. I feel like in the breakaway, like you learn it, you practice it, and then then it kind of gets easier. Mm-hmm. And not that you don't keep having to work at it, but you're not having to do the kind of work these girls are like Mm-mm. in the gym, you know, really kind of grinding at it, putting these hours of practice in You're roping your dummy, you're roping the sled, you're roping on a horse, right? Like mm-hmm. not that it's not difficult, but I think it's a whole other level of difficult for these, these girls to remain competitive into their early twenties. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, I haven't, you know, picked up a rope in a couple of weeks we've been traveling, but I could go out there and rope the dummy and feel like I never skipped a beat. And yeah, I went jump to an amateur rodeo house. last year. You saw that. I went to an amateur rodeo last year. Haven't entered in the breakaway in 10 years and hardly picked up a rope in 10 years. Barred a rope, forgot that rope in the truck, barred another rope at the rodeo, riding a horse I'd never been in in a barrel saddle. And, you know, the girls were were joking. with. I mean, I ended up second. I don't know. It was two something. But, like, that's just the thing. Like, it's just a whole other level of, of work. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that breakaway and goats can go hand in hand up to a certain point, but, um, you won't see the goat tying doing what the breakaway roping is doing just because of the physicality of the sport. And we've talked about the girls a lot. So I do want to talk about, um, 
what makes a great goat tying horse and how important is that horse to what you guys do and where are you finding these magical straight running creatures <laughs> you know that is a great misconception that people think it just anything will make a goat tying horse um but i kind of have this weird deal i guess i've seen so many so if you figure you know we've got 16 horses every clinic i mean literally thousands of horses over the years that we've had our hands on um you know depending on the level of goat tire so i'll start at what i would look at for a college horse obviously speed you've got to have some speed there um we clock horses i clocked both of mia's horses one was 31 uh another was 30 consistently Kristen's mare we're um when we clock her um, you know, she's 31. Um, Macy's, if we put a clock on him, he's 30 and this is miles an hour. Right. And that's when they're stepping on. It's, it absolutely is terrifying. Um, it's terrifying to watch sometimes too. And when we put a clock on that, that the fastest Kristen's gotten a hundred foot from this, from the timer to the stake in two and a half seconds. Um, it was just, is that, that's getting off running like everything in two and a half seconds. Um, so it's, it's just insane. So you need, you need speed. Um, I do not like my horses to be cutting horse, riding horse broke. They're too feely. I want something that maybe has a little bit, um, tougher mouth on him. Um, and that has been there, done that. Like I I'm typically, if, if I'm looking for a goat tying horse, I'm not looking for anything under eight or nine years old. I'm looking for something that maybe is blown up in the box. You know, he's been there, kind of seen the sights, but um, no longer wants to rope anymore. Or maybe, um, you know, we literally have to run a straight line. So hawks, they got bad hawks, like, and we can just kind of inject them. They don't have to stop or anything like that. Hawks, like, we that's don't need kind them. Of, <laughs> we don't need them, right? Like, as long as they can run forward, we're good. Um, blown up, you know, a barrel horse size is important, but it's relative to the kid. So like you have <clears throat> different kids. I think Kristen's like five, one, and then Macy's my height, five, six, right? So their horses need to be a little different sized. Um, but typically 14 hands, um, somewhere around there between there and 15 hands. Great, uh, size for a goat tire. Um, all that goes into kind of your form when you step off. If you have to over overcompensate for the height of that horse one way or the other, it's going to really mess with the throw that you get from that horse. Um, one thing that I look for is that horse's stride. Um, if you have a horse that's short in the front end, maybe they're navicular um, or have some foot problems, they're not going to have that reach when they run. And that reach is what propels and throws these girls to the goat. And so I'm looking for a horse with a really nice long stride. Um, if you look at a lot of our horses, um, gray seems to be the going color. So gray horses kind of get, <laughs> you kind of get bonus points. Um, it's Mia true said though. One time. There's so yeah. many grays. There's so many grays. And, uh, um, so, um, Anyway, so she said, if you can't ride a good one, ride a gray one. So it's kind of been a running joke in our in our program. It's got so many gray horses. So I, if they're gray, I think they probably got a shot. But uh, anyway, yeah, just like I said, nothing young. It's really hard on their brains if they're four or five years old. They're just not really ready for that. Um, so 
we've been fortunate. I, I get some horses that the girls make fun of me for this last one. We got one, his name was Chuck and he's so ugly. Like he is probably one of the ugliest horses I've ever seen. Um, and they laughed about this horse. And then all of a sudden, you know, now Chuck is doing really well. And they're like, Oh, look at Chuck. You're like, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a feeling of having my hands on so many horses, um, that, and, and I can't dismount anymore. The girls are kind of my legs. I just kind of tell them do this, you know, go this speed, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it's just experience uh, is a lot of it. And there's a, a vast shortage of these great horses. Uh, there really is. Um, most of ours don't really come up for sale. They just kind of get passed down to different levels of kids. Um, and if you have a good goat tying horse, you know, the prices on goat tying horses have gone up just like everything else. Not a hundred thousand, but I mean, you can expect if you want a good solid college rodeo horse, that's fairly sound. Um, you can expect to pay 10 for them. Fairly sound. <laughs> we don't need full sound. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all we need is fairly sound. Like it's great if they're sound sound, but um, yeah, I mean, like, we don't we'll take what we can do. get. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like barrel horses, right? Like yeah. when, uh, I had a horse, I had a horse, a, a vet look at some x-rays for me and a good friend of mine. And he said, well, what events are we doing? Are we doing like barrels, this is barrel horse? I'm like goats. This is like goats. Oh no. Yeah. Good. Like doesn't have to turn like they're good to go. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, what I'm looking for in a goat tying horse and um, <laughs> goat tying horses have a reputation of being a little crazy. Um, if you watch the alleyway during the CNFR or if you're down there for um, some of the jackpots and stuff, when the open girls go like these horses know their job and they love their job. Um, so they are excited to get in there and do that. And it's a, it's a pretty dangerous place at the college finals. Like it, it, it's not the barrel racing horses. It's the goat tying horses. And the barrel uh, racing horses can't be crazy at the college finals because there's no, you get loaded into that tunnel and. Oh, the goat tying horses do too. But <laughs> they're literally bouncing off the walls. Like we have certain ones like Jet, Taylor's horse. Like she stayed off until the very last second. And he just, I let him turn circles around me. And we just let him do what he wanted to do to keep him calm until, and she hopped on and rode in, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that, I don't know if you call it the moat or whatever you want to call it at the college finals gets pretty hairy during the goat tying. Like you need to be fast on your feet there. Awesome. So Miss Stacy, one of the things that you've talked about before is this sport has advanced so much, especially in the last probably 10 years. What are some of the things that have helped advance the sport? Is it more knowledge? Is it the stock? What are kind of the top three things that you think have helped? I mean, cause we were not seeing girls tie in the fives 10 years ago. I don't think. No, I don't think either. Um, and you know, number one, I think definitely the stock, like there are stock contractors that have worked really hard, um, to make these goats, uh, a little, you know, they're a little smaller, um, and they, they come with them broke in, you know, a lot of times when we tied, they still have the sale barn tags on them. They bought them on Thursday. They brought them to the rodeo on Friday. Um, so there's been more attention to, uh, detail and having these goats, 
more um, ready for the girls to tie. Um, if you look at the college finals, uh, Jim Boyd does a great job of bringing a prepared pen of goats. We go through those goats um, the the Friday before the girls get to tie every goat. They get to run horses at them. Like they have a prepared pen of goats that lets them go show their abilities. It's not a drawing contest. Um, so definitely contracting is probably your number one thing. And along with that, the style has changed. Um, you're able to do a little different things with these smaller goats than you are with say 60 pound goats that are, um, trying to um, take your head off. But, um, the, you know, you're able to, we, um, we catch our flank, um, and rather than, than gathering off of the ground, that's one of the things, you know, that we do. Uh, differently and it just takes that extra step out of there but uh, another thing that kind of goes with that is um, the horses the dismounts like what these girls are doing um, is amazing and you know teaching physics gave me a huge um, change in the way that I saw things like understanding how forces work and how anatomy works and it just it, it, it allowed me to see, okay, if we do want to be slung off of this horse at 30 miles an hour, how do we need to do that? And so dismounts and horses go right along in with that, with that uh, style change for the, the second piece of that. And the third piece of that is exactly what we're talking about, like that access to information. Um, I think you had some great athletes and hard workers that just were winging it out there with what they could put together. Um, and now, athletes. yeah, yeah. And now they've got access to information. Um, you know, we tried YouTube videos um, and then had a run in with some animal rights issues a couple years ago, took all that down. And unfortunately, um, you know, we, we can't make that. I have some stuff that's just like on the dummy or dismount stuff that I left up just for those kids that are trying to get started. Um, but that access to information for kids that, that really want it is, and I think we're just at the, honestly, even the beginning of that. I, I want to see like five, five was cool at the college finals last year. It was fun. I want to see five, four this year. Like I just want to see it keep getting faster, right? Like these girls work hard and um, I, I think they're, they're going to continue to get faster. It's, it's, it's going to get better and better because of those three things. I think um, hope more stock contractors jump on the board of having better goats and um, because that's going to build those kids confidence to where they will continue to get faster, right? Like if you know you're going and you're entering the goat wrestling and not the goat tying, um, it's not as fun. And uh, there are some people who are not impressed with the advancement of the sport. And they're t usually older women. And they say some fairly negative things about the girls. And well, back in the, you know, oh, we tied this and we did that. And like, that's, that's Sounds great. Like the old tie down ropers. 
Yes. So probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, you know, why wouldn't you want to see the sport evolve? Like, here's the thing, though. When you were wrestling a goat down in nine seconds, no one wanted to watch you. True story. Right. Yeah. These girls now put on a show wherever they go. Look mm-hmm. at the top 10 match at um, uh, Fort Worth at the Patriot. Like that was such a cool deal. And if you run that thing 10 times, you get 10 different winners. Those girls, every one of them were mm-hmm. so good. And, uh, you know, it was amazing to me. We did that during that um, invitational calf roping and it was in between the go rounds of the calf roping. Well, I walk up after the last round and they've still got the short round of the calf roping and that place had cleared out. Like a lot of people came to watch those girls um, and it aired and it was the first thing that aired on the cowgirl channel. Um, and somebody was like, well, I think it's ridiculous that the first thing that airs on the cowgirl channel is a calf roping. And I'm like, well, actually it was a goat tying. And in the intermission of goat tying, they had a little calf roping, uh, you know, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all in perspective. Like, how are you choosing to look at it? Like I yeah. was excited that we got those girls out there you know, um, for on the cowgirl channel. And that was the first thing that it showed was the goat time. So anyway, um, and it's easier when it's, when it's good watching, it's easier on the animals. It's easier on the girls. Like you have less animal rights issues because they've learned how to take care of the animal. The animal's not fighting them. It's more fun for the goat. Like <laughs> exactly. Know. Yeah. Yep. And, and we, you know, we're going to need that to protect our sport, right? Like nobody wants to see that goat out there straining or running in front of a horse and getting run over. Like nobody wants to see that stuff. Um, and, uh, I, I, we do like a little scorpion inning. Scorpion. Okay. Scorpion-ing? So true, true story, <laughs> true story. The wrecks are everybody's favorite. They're mine too. <laughs> like they're mine too. I get it. So if you look on my TikTok you channel, you like the wrecks where nobody gets too hurt. Like <laughs> to hurt, right? Um, so if you look at my TikTok channel, yeah, we've got one that is a wreck and it's got over three million views now, <laughs> right? Like all of the wreck videos have a bunch of views and other videos do not have as many views. And so I'm gonna put that out there. Like the wrecks are what sells. And um the girls like the wrecks too. Like they like their they like their wreck videos. So um, but it's pretty cool. Um, to, to see that and these girls getting up and my favorite, um, is, and I need to put this together. We might have to, we might have to work together on a collaborate on a TikTok video, but my favorite is these go time moms. They don't play like they don't play. Like I have seen videos of girls coming down and hitting so hard. They have knocked themselves out. Like Susie is laying there unconscious and mom's like, get up. You know, or this kid has hit so hard. They don't know what state they're in. Their mom's like, hustle. (laughs) So yeah, go time, mamas. She's unconscious. Yeah, yeah, she's unconscious. And mom finally like puts down the camera, you know. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, yeah, they're like, the girls are tough. And I think the moms are a little tougher. You know, and so that's why they have a reputation. Like they, the the men at the rodeo do not like to see the mamas coming because they know they're not they're not intimidated by those men. They're not backing down. You know, so yeah, go time mamas are another level. All right, Miss Stacy, and I've got to ask everybody that comes on, 
Um, you might have had a heads up on this one. I think I might have given you a spoiler at one point. But um, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Rodeo, life, anything? So um, I've always known that this is just a game we get to play, right? Um, and I've appreciated it for that. But two years ago at the college finals, um, one of our girls, um, Lariat Larner, she won the, the go-round. And I try to get an interview with the girls that won the go-round the college finals because I feel like there's just a lack of coverage for these girls. And I've really tried to um, get some interviews out there. And um, it so happened, Lariat won it. And um, I got to to sit down, talk to her and um, her attitude about it because she had been struggling um, and we had been working on some things. And for her to come in there, she went out in the first round, her goat got up. So second round, it was just true lariat fashion all the way. Um, I think, you know, she would say, she's go blast one. Um, And her message is, basically like just have fun like this is a very small part of life and we're doing this for for fun uh I wholeheartedly believe that I understand I'm trying to teach these girls lessons for their entire lives um and getting to win a championship is great very few people get to experience that in their lives and in the end win or lose either way, there should be less in there. But, you know, we lost Lariat um, that following October, which was very hard on all of the girls. Um, But uh, I had not played that interview. You know, it had been in my phone and I hadn't played it. And I went back and watched that interview after Larry had passed. And I thought, God, do I play this? Like, do I put this out there? And you would not believe the number of people who said like, I needed to hear that. Like I need to hear that. Thank you so much. You know, that was a very, very difficult time for all of us because Larry was very well loved, but I will take that and that interview occasionally rewatch it. Um, because she's a hundred percent, right? Like every piece of this could end tomorrow And we need to enjoy what we're doing and realize how blessed we are to get to do it. So I don't get wound out about the wins and losses. Wins are great. They're fun. Losses, you know, they're tough. We try to learn lesson from it, move on. But you know what? No matter what happens, sun's coming up tomorrow. And um, in two weeks, if you win something big, your grandma and you are going to be the only two people that remember that, right? Like, that's it. So, um, yeah, I, I just, like church says, live like Lariat and have a lot of fun because she enjoyed life. And, um, that's one thing I have really focused on since, uh, Lariat's past. So, um, for sure have more fun and, and we get to do this for fun. It doesn't matter. Like when you get to the pearly gates, they're not going to ask you about your 1974 state championship, right? Like that ain't what it's about. Um, and we're doing this for a much bigger reason. 
than um, a dead cow. You know, when you think about it, a saddle is just a dead cow. And a buckle is just a piece of metal somebody shaped up. They're fun. They're pretty. Um, but I want these girls to have things like resiliency, work ethic, um, kindness. Um, those, those are the things that I want them to take away from this. So yeah, I just, um, I I was really touched by that, by that interview. So, so much good stuff in there. And, um, I'll share it. I'll share it every year. So we have a reminder. Mm, I'm going to get me choked up over here. <laughs> oh, that one was hard. I'm not going to lie. Like that, that was, I remember uh, when I didn't know Larry, Larry, but, um, I remember, you know, I was around Jasmine whenever she passed and that was right after at UTM, we lost a couple kids and I, I know she made such an impact on your girls. Uh, um, you know, it, and like the younger kids loved her, you know, she was fun. Um, there is, you know, another, another thing. And this kind of hit me. I love podcasts. Um, they're such a great way to get knowledge and pass the time. And there's one that we listen to called building championship mindsets. Um, and when I heard this, man, I had to, I had to like replay it two or three times because it was so profound. And it said, um, when you know who you are and whose you are and what you're trying to do in the world, the highs and the lows and potential failures don't even matter. Um, and then your ego isn't attached to wins and losses when, when you know who you are and whose you are. And so, yeah, everything is part of a plan from someone who knows a whole lot more about our lives than we do. And you got to give it up to that plan. You can't just like the plan when things are going well, right? You can't just like the plan when you win. So you have to appreciate the plan along the way. Every time I look back and I think that was something horrible that happened to me, it was a life changing thing in the most positive way. Um, so, um, I, I just don't like, you'll never see me in the alleyway with a frown on my face or upset because one of the kids didn't win or whatever, like, because man, what something great is going to come from that. Like I have no doubts. Um, and that is part of God's plan for that kid. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. Like I said, that was, um, man, that one hit me really hard. Well, Miss Stacy, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me today and just giving everybody a little bit more insight into what you guys do and the incredible program you've set up. And we are so excited for this goat tying launch um, on breakawayroping.com. And I know we're a little bit late to the party. Like I said, you guys have been doing it for years, but we're just happy to finally get in and get to learn and get some exposure for these girls that work so hard. And we're so happy that you guys um, chose to recognize these girls that um, work so hard and recognize that there was there was a giant hole there 
in this industry. And so I, I think it's going to be so great. I think this truly could be life-changing for some kid, um, a kid that maybe didn't have the means to go to college, but figures out this is a way and ends up getting, uh, an education be because of it. And, and like I said, you're, you're literally changing, changing lives whenever you put this out there. So, um, for those kids that want it, man, it's, 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 it's going to be amazing. I'm telling you guys, sometimes when I just need a different perspective or a little bit of inspiration, I personally will call Stacy and talk to her because she is always so full of knowledge and understanding and she's just a great coach and friend and mentor. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed getting to talk to Stacy. And let us know if you guys love this goat tying breakdown and you guys are enjoying the goat tying content. Um, we've been having a lot of fun over at breakawayroping.com. We've got an entire 101 instructional series with Stacy and along with other coaches that are coming soon, like Danny Lohman, and we've got Martha and Sarah Angeloni, and of course, all the greats from before, Larry D. Guy, Hope Thompson, Kelsey Domer, Shelby Beaujolais, Josie Connor, Bethany Schaffner. Listen, if they're, if they're cool, they're there. Aaron Johnson, she's there too. Everybody comes to hang out at breakawayroping.com. We have a great time. There's so much for you guys to learn in there. We live stream ropings. If you haven't got to check out that site, go check it out. Sign up for a free trial. If you're feeling it, use the code BREAKDOWN15 if you like getting a discount because, I mean, who doesn't like getting a discount? Make sure you guys are checking out BreakawayRopingJournal.com and all of our social media accounts, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at BreakawayRopingJournal because it is time for the summer run, which means that our sponsors are bringing you guys all of the WPRA and Pro Rodeo coverage um, through the NFBR, whatever that may look like when it comes up next year. So we've got stories coming at you guys following the World Standings Race, the Circuit Races, the Resist All Rookie Race. We get to talk to a lot of those girls and get to introduce them kind of to the world when they're coming up. And of course, we are covering the best horses in the game and giving you profiles on them as well. So Stay tuned on our website and social. Like I said, we are bringing you guys tons of videos and pictures and articles and just everything. It's it's a party over here at the Breakaway Roping Journal this summer, and I am so excited you guys are along for the ride. So also, this episode was brought to you by Equinity, so make sure to check out www.teamequinity.com and find out how you can get your horse the Equinity Edge. Until next time. Thank you guys so much, and I cannot wait to show you what we have in store for the rest of this season. Wherever you're at, I hope that you are kicking tail, hitting your goals, and having a blast. Thank you so much.